All right. You're ready. Um, two, one. Hello there. Welcome back to Star Wars in a Galaxy, regular episode number 73. Today, we are going to be doing a retrospective of season six of The Clone Wars, the legendary Lost Missions. And I have to say, it feels like we just did our retrospective for season five, and now we're already done with season six. But I'm very excited for what the future holds. Jacob, we recorded our um, our uh, season five retrospective at the beginning of January. Wow! <laughs> so it so it's so, really it really hasn't been that long. It's been I mean, five weeks. Six I weeks. mean this 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 season is really only four arcs. It's so four arcs, and the next one's and the next one's four as well. Yeah. For, so we we're, we're really actually only three. Doing... Next one's three, really. But yeah. Like... I mean, so we really just recorded four episodes for this entire season. Five, including this one, but yes. Five, including this one, yeah, five. But four, four regular episodes. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, so. Yeah, it's been a blast, though. Season six has been, I mean, we'll get into our overall thoughts, but season six has been a special one, I gotta say. Yeah, no, I really, I really, really um, appreciated this, uh, a lot of this season in, in new ways um, with this rewatch. But before, before we jump in there, I think we need to talk about episode seven, the season finale of Book of Boba Fett. Eli, what did you think of this episode? That's right. We got In the Name of Honor, the seventh chapter and the final chapter of the Book of Boba Fett. Um, I gotta say, it's interesting. So watching online, it seems like this episode is maybe one of the most divisive episodes of Star Wars television we've gotten in the last year or so. 100%. Um, and there were times where I felt like, I mean, first of all, I overall enjoyed the episode. I'll just get that out of the way. I overall thought the episode was really good. However, I do think fandom culture a little bit has dulled some of the effects of the Book of Boba Fett for me. Um. How so? Well, you know, it's almost like people are getting a little too smart for their own good in sort of the wrong ways. Like, you know... <laughs> When, when we saw the Rancor, we were like, oh, he's going to ride it into battle. And it was awesome for me to see. But because everybody had predicted it, I don't know. Like, the effects felt a little lacking to me. And I'm not blaming that on the Book of Boba Fett. I don't think that's the Book of Boba Fett's fault. I think, that, I think that's something that fandom has, is going to have to reckon with. Which is how, how our theories and how our, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, has an effect on the content we watch. Yeah, um, I mean, I thought they, for the Rancor, I know what you mean a bit, but I think that they did a good job, at least with the little Rancor side part of popping it in early, you know, putting it on the back burner a little bit, and then and then just letting the episodes play out and then bringing it back. Yeah, no, I, I think the story decisions are great. I have nothing against the story yeah. decisions. It was just my personal experience with yeah. it. Okay. Um, uh, but... Actually, I want to talk to you about something. Yeah. Have you seen the discourse around the spin? The spin? Oh, you haven't seen this. This is so funny. Is this the uh, the the Boba Fett Cad Bane spin? No, this is Wait, so, what spin are you One of the mods to? played by Jordan Bulger. Um, yeah. He's he's trying to get because Black Kersantan is wounded in the battle. Yeah. 
Um, and he's and he, he gets him back, and then he does this spin to get back to shooting at the enemies. Hmm. I uh, I this has really blown up Star Wars that. Twitter. It is <laughs> people are so mad at this spin. It it's so hilarious. I love it so much. People are like Robert Rodriguez should never direct anything Star Wars again because of how terrible this spin is. To which I replied. Robert Rodriguez should never direct anything Star Wars again with a gif of the Boba Fett blowing up the ships in Mandalorian Season 2. It's like, it's a spin, guys. Come on. Yeah. I mean, I think there are crit definitely critiques to be made of Robert Rodriguez's directing, but I think maybe what people are upset about is the spin is kind of emblematic of some of the other quibbles and, and gripes and issues people take um, with with the RR episodes, specifically in um, Book of Boba, um, but I don't know. What, where do you want to? Where do you want to start for this episode? I, gu I guess um, one thing. One thing that I want to get out of the way quick is that, obviously, spoiler alert: Baby Yoda comes back. Grogu. Grogu comes back. He is yeah. back. He chooses. The armor. evidently he chooses the armor. He chooses Din Djarin. Um Yeah. I wasn't super. I didn't have a lot. I've, I didn't feel like I was as super invested in this decision, um, but it did seem ultimately like the right thing to try and get him out of the picture and make it a little bit easier to explain everything that happens later on down the line. Uh, of course, of course, with Ben Solo, you know, leading up to the events of The Last Jedi. But I heard, I heard some people saying, and this was something that kind of intrigued me, that his return devalues... Mando and and Grogu's goodbye in the season finale of of um, season two of the Mandalorian. What do you yeah. what do you think about that? Do you think that do you think that holds water or not? Ultimately, I don't think so. I like in my opinion, I don't think it devalues it just because you know even if an effect of even if an effect of an action is canceled out, the intent behind it, you know, they didn't know that they were going to see each other ever again. So I feel like, you know, they... I don't know what it is. I, I feel like they... I feel like the moment still holds water, and I feel like, you know... Yeah, for me, I think um, in, unless you have unless you have more to say, no, go ahead, go ahead. I don't think that it devalues the moment because I, I agree with what you said, and also, you know, yes, it is a bit of a uh, oh, we're doing one thing now, we're doing another, but ultimately, I think it makes more sense for the story, and most of the um, most of what gives that moment its punch in the first place. When Baby Yoda and, or sorry, when uh, Grogu and Mando are saying goodbye, is the emotional impact and not Grogu the plot implications? Din's face. It's, yeah, it's Grogu seeing Din's face. It's Din as a Mandalorian choosing to remove his helmet for his little green friend. Yeah. So, I think in that sense, whether or not they they get back together later on. To me, I think it's irrelevant. And, and I don't there's think that it line, changes 
the way that scene hits at all. And and, and I think one of the things that made makes it even more relevant is um, the uh, when the armor is talking with a din in chapter five of Book of Boba Fett, and she asks, "Have you ever removed your helmet in the presence of others?" And he very confidently says, "Yes, I have." It's yeah. not a yes, I have kind of guilty thing. It's yes, I have, and I'm damn proud of it. Yeah. I did it for my son. I did yeah. it, you know, um, and I, I think that's, I, 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 you know, even if they do get back together with each other, which, again, um, they do, uh, I, I don't think it undervalues the, what Din's giving away, what Din's yeah. throwing away. And, you know, we, we see that a little bit. I think some of what Din says in episode six, where he's talking about the Mandalorian values versus the Jedi values. Now they feel kind of, he feels like they're at odds where the Mandalorians, you know, family loyalty clan is so, so important to their way of life. And it's above everything. That's what makes the moment to me amazing. Not merely the fact that, oh, Grogu and Din aren't going to be hanging out anymore. Now that he's yeah. going with Luke. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I'm, I also think, you know, something that this is an interesting I, I've been thinking a lot about this with this with especially chapters five and six of the book of Boba Fett around the time this the season two premiere came out John Favreau was talking about his process with the Mandalorians and he's like you know I really admired what the earlier seasons of Game of Thrones did where they all had all of these interlocking storylines and then they had like you know all these various storylines that weaved in and out of each other I'm like oh we're gonna see that in the next season and then season two came, and as good as it was, and believe me, I love season two of The Mandalorian, it didn't really do that. I'm like, what are you talking about, John? And then I see the book of Boba Fett, and I remember the quote he's talking about, about how he loves the interweaving storylines, and we take a two-episode detour to watch The Mandalorian and Grogu and what they're doing, and I'm like, oh, now I get it. I think this was always part of the plan. I think this was always, like, I think... There is a decent chance that there is a, there is an episode in like say Ahsoka that might have a little bit of Ahsoka in it, but it's focused on Boa Fett or Din or Cobb Vanth. Why? Because it's 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 all these interlocking, it's all these connecting storylines that's building to this. As Kathleen Kennedy said on the Disney Plus Day, climactic story event. Yeah. Um. So I, I I think, you know, like, I understand people's complaints about Boba Fett's lack of, uh, the Book of Boba Fett's lack of focus, um, and I do respect those, and I have some of those myself, but I also think, like, you know, we have this big picture story that they're telling, um, and I, I think there's, there's very much, like, a bigger plan in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else about this episode do we need to talk about? Uh, Cad Bane. Yeah, Cad Bane. I love Cad... seeing Cad Bane back. I think they killed him off prematurely. He was so compelling. He he just had so much weight and gravitas and brought so much intensity to to every moment that he touched in these in these last two episodes. Um, See, to me, I actually think they killed him off at exactly the right time. Yeah, maybe they'll kind of backfill later. Um, if they if they see the. How how excited people got over live action Cad Bane. Hopefully they'll find a I, way. Have you to... heard the debates about whether he died or not? 
You you think you think maybe he didn't? There are people who think he didn't die. Yeah. I mean, there's Star Wars. No one's ever who, really gone. Who, there are people who think there's this blinking red light on him after he dies that people are like, oh. oh. yeah. Um, I, if, I swear to God, if they bring him back, I'm going to be very yeah. irritated. I mean, they, he has the light, he, he has the robot life support system, so we don't really... I, uh, I know, but like, you know, if they bring back Cad Bane, they're basically admitting that death is not a permanent thing for any of these characters in this series. Yeah, which I, I think just, is kind of and, a crummy that would be a crummy decision to make I think. yeah and i think it devalues various like like look you know like you know I, I bringing back palpatine had a purpose bringing back maul as much as i don't like the decision had a purpose bringing back boba fett had a purpose but once you get to you know they brought back fennec shand which i understand and all that kind of stuff and we're getting there now they're bringing back cobb vanth and like you know at one point are you willing to let these characters die already I just think of Maul saying, let me go, let, let me, me die. die. Which that's exactly how it soon. feels like these characters, that's exactly what these characters feel like to me. They just, yeah. as Star Wars, these last few years, they just, man, D Disney, Lucasfilm, they just can't help themselves. Yeah, D Dave, just, specifically is, uh, Dave specifically is a sucker for doing that. Like, know. you know, he had like 6,000 chances to kill Ahsoka and he has not acted on that impulse any of those times. <laughs> I think maybe that's a good thing. Though. No, I, I understand. I mean, I think the first few times, I think that was a good idea. But, like, now it's getting a little bit like, okay. Yeah. Um, by the way, he literally did kill Ahsoka, and then he literally brought him brought her back to life. Yeah. Like, she true. died on Mortis, and then she was brought back to life. People forget that. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Um, let's also, stop. Uh, Malak Malachor in Rebels. But I have that's, one more thing. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. kind of different. I was wondering how you felt about the action in these episodes because and i don't i don't just want to bash on robert rodriguez i know that his episodes have gotten a lot of blowback and i share those feelings but i was just disappointed with the action in this episode i felt like the scenes they just felt i don't know the camera angles the lighting it just didn't feel super star warsy to me i thought they're everything just felt really slow and ponderous and i don't know all the action just felt again. really gooey and bogged down i was i was definitely not a fan of the the action in this episode and i don't i don't want to i don't want to be like oh never never touch i never have him touch star wars again but i think that his from from the speeder chase from everything that we've seen um i just think that he is maybe better suited to much, much less action heavy episodes because I was really hyped for the finale and the cinematography just felt subpar to me. It just felt bland and uninspired. And I don't know, it got so boring just watching them continuously shoot the force fields. I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know I, how to feel about I, it. I had, I had to watch it again another time. It didn't bother me like as acutely i guess but um i i also think there is a part of this um that is the volume i have to imagine i'm not saying that we can blame this all on the 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 volume and rodriguez takes none of the blame i'm not saying that i'm just saying like you know they're still working out this new technology and they're still like yeah. figuring out how to best employ it and best use it 
And right now it has its limits. Now the limits are, from what I understand, from my very, very, very limited understanding of the volume, rapidly expanding all the time because of how crazy this thing is and how many like boundaries it can push. But, you know, they've started to approach the limit of what they can do right now in the volume. Yeah, I think, I, I think some of it can maybe be explained by that. But also for me, there was just a lot of stuff that I really just thought it just didn't really think it just didn't really feel thought through. Like half of the action was inexplicably in slow motion for no reason that I could see at all. Um, some of the some of the, I guess, combat logic, you might say a lot of the choreography, the 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 snipe the sniper the sniper scene where they're like I'll distract you and they they're standing like a foot away like it just seemed very dull maybe almost fan fan made feeling more than a a big a big studio throwing its weight behind this not in terms of the overall production quality obviously so I don't know I get I, I don't want to I don't want to be too harsh on on Robert Rodriguez but overall I just think book of boba fett i would say it didn't do a great job it did a really bad job actually i think of capitalizing on his strengths and weaknesses and yeah going forward i, I think we can all agree on a, on a happier note though i think we can all agree that bryce dallas howard definitely needs to do more episodes oh yeah 100 percent. um i actually think i'm not like i i agree that bryce and i also agree that you know um, Bryce is extremely talented. I think um, Steph Green, who did the second episode, is extremely talented. Um, I think the person who's shown a lot of promise in um, in live action uh, it, uh, is Dave. Dave has been yeah. getting better and better in live action. I think. Yeah, I was all the time. I was really, really pleasantly surprised by his um, by by the direction of his. Uh, his his episode um, that he directed, um, especially compared to what he did in the Mandalorian, I really think um, he stepped it up, um, which yeah. I think is a really good sign, um, uh, and that's know, a definitely a bright spot for the future of Star Wars. He's been getting a lot of. I know he's he's been taught a lot about live action directing from. And I know you don't want me to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. From Mr. Ryan Johnson and from mm -hmm. John Favreau, I, I think they talked about specifically Ryan and and, yeah, yeah, and John with this. And with the Mandalorian teaching him a lot about about live action directing, and I think he's really stepped up his game. And I there's like a, a lot of like the way that the cat that Cad Bane enters uh, Freetown in um, in chapter six is perfect. Yeah, <laughs> he couldn't have done better. Yeah, couldn't um, have done better. Yeah, but. Uh, I was just wanted to mention one more thing I did really love about this episode uh, seven. Can we talk about the Mayor Delmo and his, um, uh, the tablet? Oh my god. I'm that was glad hilarious. I'm they kept him around. I really that thought is, that they were gonna, yeah. That is hilarious. I really, yeah. I really thought that Fennec or someone was just gonna blast him in the first or second episode for a cheap gag. But I'm, I'm glad that they kept him around because that was that was honestly that was honestly pretty pretty hilarious um so we're gonna give our before we proceed on to the clone wars we're gonna give our closing thoughts about book of boba fett season one um i thought the book of boba fett season one was very good i think it definitely had its flaws at times 
uh, I think mainly like some of the action wasn't, and I, I, I don't feel like this as strongly as Jacob does, but some of the action wasn't as good as it could have been, and I think the focus sometimes was a bit off, and they couldn't really decide sometimes where they wanted to go with some things. Um, which, you know, I wasn't feeling comfortable with saying a few weeks ago, but now that I've seen the whole series, I can more confidently say it now. Um, but I think overall, there's some really interesting stuff in here, and there's some really great thematic stuff, mostly with Fett and with Din Djarin. Um, and I like, I do like the, I, I, I do have a bit of a thing for the idea that the whole, like, you know, oh, it's Book of Boba Fett, and it's intersecting with Mandalorian, and it's intersecting with Ahsoka, which is intersecting with, you know, Cobb Vanth, and, you know, all these stories are coming together, and they're connecting with each other, and they're having fluidity with each other, and, you know, we have Grogu just making a decision about if he wants to be a Jedi in the Mandalor or a Mandalorian in the Book of Boba Fett, which sounds crazy at first, but, like, when you think about how we're combining all these elements, I really do appreciate that. Yeah, um, my my overall overall this season, um, definitely a mixed bag for me. Um, I thought the highs were tremendously high. I thought that Din Djarin's, I thought Din Djarin's return. I thought Grogu's return. Even I thought aspects of aspects of Luke's return, um, all incredibly well done. Boba Fett's desert adventure. Um, these are things that I really, really liked and I think were some all-time great Star Wars moments. However, there were also a lot of low moments and not necessarily not necessarily low, but very confusing. I still don't really I just don't vibe with the the mods and their role in the story um, from a world building perspective. From a from a plot from a plot and just meta quality perspective, um, yeah. Overall, I think this um, it was a cool it was a cool first season. Um, definitely a lot of strange choices, I thought, um, but I, I really think it has a lot of potential. I think that for future seasons, they just need to kind of buckle down, make the show a little bit more tightly constructed make sure they try and play more to each director's strengths. And then I think we've got something really, really good on our hands. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you about, like, again, and I also just think, you know, this is encouraging too. For me, the quality jump, and I, this is something that I was heard, heard Alex Damon from Star Wars Explained saying in one of his reviews earlier today, the quality jump from season one of The Mandalorian to season two of The Mandalorian was humongous in my opinion. Mandalorian season one for me was okay. Mandalorian season two was incredible. If they do decide to make a second season of the Book of Boba Fett, which I'm not convinced they will, but if they do, you know, I'm very convinced that they can make the second season so much better than the first one. And I thought the first one was a lot better than the first season of the Mandalorian in general. Yeah. I think they def I, d I definitely disagree. I definitely thought that overall season one of The Mandalorian was better. But I think that's just because the highs the highs of Book of Bobo were higher, but the lows were lower for me. Okay, um, that's fair. 
But I definitely know what you mean with the Mandalorian. They definitely kicked it up a notch in season two. They gave it more variety. They they gave it more expansiveness. So I, I definitely am hoping that they can do some of that um, for Book of Boba. But yeah, I'm I think not my favorite season ever, but honestly, the future still seems bright for this show. Should they should they choose to continue it long term? Yeah, absolutely. Um, should we go on to season six of the Clone Wars and talking about? Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do this thing. Okay, let's go for overall thoughts of season six of the Clone Wars. Why don't you go first? Season six of the Clone Wars. Now, this is an interesting season to me. The Lost Missions. We have the, the Fives arc. Missions. We have we have Fives. We have Clovis. We have Mace Windu and Jar Jar, and we have the Yoda arcs. So, my overall thoughts. First off, tremendous season. Absolutely tremendous um, as individual episodes, as arcs. Um, I think it feels incomplete as a season compared to season four, season five, heck, even season three, two, and one, I think. Um, which, I mean, give, given how it came to be, um, given that these are, you know, the lost, the lost missions, these didn't air, I am still deeply, deeply grateful that we got some more amazing, amazing episodes that they they were able to to give this to us um, because it just adds so much to the Clone Wars. It adds so much to to Star Wars in general, to this era, to these characters. So yeah, I I really really was very appreciative of this season this time around. It's nice to hear your thoughts. Um, what would you rate the season out of ten? Out of 10, I think this is an interesting one because I think I can give this two different ratings. If I were to just add up my feelings about all the episodes and average them out, I'd probably get a nine out of 10, maybe an eight and a half out of 10. Like this was a really, really spectacular collection of episodes. As a season overall, I would give it a seven out of 10. If we're thinking about them, if we're trying to think about them as kind of a cohesive body of work, as a chapter in the larger season of, in the, in the larger story of the Clone Wars as a chapter in that book, I think a lot of the other seasons do a much better job of, you know, kind of giving their own spin, you know, with season four and season five, especially, you know, some of the ways they weave the stories together throughout the season and, give a little more of a, a feeling of some good closers and openers there. That being said, though, this is not the same as those because it wasn't released the same way. It, it, it just didn't have the same process. So I can't really hold that against it. Okay, yeah, I can, I can, I can hear that, yeah. What did you think, though? Here we go. It's time for me to go. Here we go. So Clear the as area. I, as I've mentioned before, this season is my favorite season of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Um, and I will stand by that. I will say this. It's only during this watch, uh, during this rewatch, and this is actually, I'll jump ahead a little bit, the coolest thing I noticed on the rewatch, the genuinely thing I put, is how good it is. Because I think it only became my favorite season on this rewatch. Um, and it, it, 
one of the things I love about this season, that season five, while I love it, doesn't truly get to, and season seven, while I love it, doesn't really have enough time to get to, is how it manages to capture the darkness of the times, but the levity of the times, uh, in, like, so succinctly at the same time, you know, like, you know, it, it, we have, uh, this dark tone that we get in this period, but Jar Jar goes to rescue a queen for an evil cult for two episodes, and we're just fine with that. We just do that because we can. Um, but, like, you know, those episodes still matter, they're not, like, useless, you know, um, yeah, I, I called the, it, it's a, it's what I love as a Star Wars fan, I called it the absurdist but poignant, the strange but potent, the ridiculous but important. Um, you know, you these, hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, um, it's, it's, uh, it's the stuff I love in Star Wars, it's like the, it's like, really we're doing this, and then you look at it, and you're like, oh, this actually makes a lot of sense, given what we know about the series and what we know about the characters. Um, of course, you know, no Star Wars is above flaws. My main flaws with this um, season, the biggest flaw I have with this season, and this is not a huge flaw because of how short the season is. Do you realize this is the only season of Star Wars The Clone Wars we go without seeing Ahsoka Tano? Yeah, that that is something that I think was... If missing was, from this season but they made it work i yeah, think they made they, it work they, still they made it work like i didn't notice it too much however if we did get an episode or two update on where ahsoka was and what she was doing if we gotten for example the walkabout arc in this season instead of next season i actually think that really could have helped this season mm. um if i had to nitpick at, at all i also think a, a lot of the um story choices they made specifically for Padme in the Clovis arc were a little off, honestly. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and make this a 9.5 out of 10 for season 6. Wow. High praise indeed. Yeah. And I, I know my the way I do my out of 10 rankings, I tend to skew, I think on my rankings, everything tends to skew a little bit lower because the way I see it, yeah, 6 is like genuinely positive and 5 is neutral. And I know a lot of people are kind of like seven and up is good. Yeah. So yeah, I feel the same way as you. Another thing I just realized is this does feel a, like a little bit of a greatest hits album for the Clone Wars. Think about it. You have your you have your clone focused arc with the Fives arc. Boom. You have your Anakin and Padme relationship arc. You have the interpersonal. Yeah. You have the deep relationship arc. You have the crazy... and you have the politics in that arc too. Yeah, you have the politics in that arc. You have the crazy, wacky, totally out of left field arc with Absurdist, the Jar Jar, yeah. the Jar Jar and Mace Windu arc with Jar Jar's lover, and then you have like the Force mystical Jedi arc, Force arc. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think it, that this is an amazing season because it gives you a little bit of everything. And I, I know we disagreed when I said that I thought season four was better than season five, in the season five retrospective. However, I think in my mind, season six is tied with season four in my mind for being my uh, my favorite season. I think there are a bunch of episodes in um, seasons four and five that we genuinely had a great time on, but I feel like season six, in terms of this show, has given this show new life. Oh, yes. In a lot of different 100%. ways. Um, and 100%. I'm so excited going on from six is like, I feel like season six was a rebirth of in a galaxy in a lot of different ways. 
and <laughs> we are we have so many cool things going on including next week next week's show is a show i've been looking forward to genuinely for months i've been looking forward to next week's show uh when we'll get to what it is at the end of the episode it's so ridiculous but it's gonna be so much fun um and i'm i can't wait for it um but yeah season six is getting into that more like you know I, I'm I'm glad we're picking up the pace. I'm glad we're going a little yeah. faster with our it's pace. It's good to it's good to get back to weekly. I think that yeah. just helps us it helps us and, keep the rhythm going. And I was just saying like you know like through these freaking yeah. episodes. Yeah, faster. I was gonna say like this this the I was gonna say like the the like ha- this is a half season compared to the full seasons of four and five, and it's nice to be like, okay, we did five episodes and we're done with the season. That's yeah. cool. It's great. It's it great. So great. Yeah. Um. Uh, but moving on, let's let's talk about these rankings because we we do our rankings. These are going to be significantly shorter. We're not going to go oh number twenty, number nineteen. It's going to be thirteen episodes ranked. Um, yeah, I'm interested. The interesting thing for mine was mine definitely was my ranking definitely was. It did feel like it was just like okay this arc and then this arc and then this arc. Like it, I didn't feel like I mixed a lot. Yeah, no, I had, I mixed more to try and make sure that each arc overall got its flowers, but I had a hell of a hard time trying to rank these. Because there are, I think this is the first season for me where there are genuinely no, there or there are only net positive episodes. Yeah. Every episode I'm a fan of, nothing I'm even close to ambivalent about. So this made it so hard to rank because in the previous seasons, you could be like, oh, well, there's a few I can get out of the way right now. But in this season, every single episode was right there in the mix, which made it incredibly hard. Yeah. For me, there was one episode that I was like net positive, but I'm kind of like, eh, whatever on. Um, But uh, every other episode, I'm like, okay, I like stuff in here. Yeah, I like stuff in here, too. Oh, I like stuff in here. Um, and then, of course, as you get to my top five, it's just like, yes, please, yes, please, yes, please, and yes, please. Yeah. Give me more. Um, okay, let's, let's, uh, how are we going to do, we're going to do, um, uh, Jacob, go ahead, um, from your, uh, number 13 to your number one. Go ahead. Right, as you wish. My number 13 is The Disappeared Part One. My number 12, An Old Friend. Number 11, The Rise of Clovis. Number 10, The Unknown. Number 9, The Disappeared Part 2. At 8th, I had The Crisis at the Heart. At 7th, I had Conspiracy. At 6th, I had Fugitive. At 5th, I had Voices. At 4th, I had Order Orders. At 3rd, I had The Lost One. At 2nd, I had Destiny. And in first place, my favorite episode had to be Sacrifice. Okay. Now I gotta hear yours. Here's my ranking. You're gonna you're gonna be shocked at some things, okay? Number 13, The Rise of Clovis. Number 12, Crisis at the Heart. Number 11, The Unknown. Number 10, Conspiracy. Number 9, An Old Friend. Number 8, Orders. Number seven, Fugitive. Number six, The Disappeared, Part One. Number five, The Lost One. Number four, The Disappeared, Part Two. 
Number three, voices. Number two, destiny. And number one, sacrifice. I we think the that same hits, top two. I think that's the yeah the second season in a row that we had the same top two. What um, were our top two for Destiny? Uh, and, uh, um, the for season five they were the Lawless and the Wrong Jedi. Uh, of course. So, what yeah. else? What else could they be? Wow. Yeah. I mean, where do we start with this? I want to ask you about the disappeared since you yeah. rank these much more highly relative to the other episodes. Yeah, I wasn't I actually that what, shocked with this. With that, what I was so effective gonna... about these episodes for you? They were just kind of like, I mean, the 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 Force episodes were made for me in a way that no other Clone Wars arc, I feel like, was. But, like, the like Temple of Doom, like, the exploring and excavating, like, you know, the whole ancient ruins idea. And, you know, this Frangal cult. And I love this, like, really absurd but really just fun. Like, yeah, it's Jar Jar and Mace Windu rescuing a queen from cultists. It, it doesn't have eye. to go it doesn't have to go deeper than that. If you don't want to, it does but then we have like Mace Windu's incremental character growth though. Of course he regresses on by the by uh the time of Revenge of the Sith and we have, you know, like these new aspects of the force we're exploring and like, you know, it's one of those things where there are all these different le- levels to the iceberg that I really appreciate and you can go exactly as deep as you want to go. Yeah, you know, it's, Mace Windu's really growing good. as a character, but also look, Jar Jar's operating this laser gun against a cult yeah it's, it's amazing i love it um i'm not sure any episodes in my ranking that you're curious about let's talk about orders i had that at eight and you had it at four hmm. i i mean i just thought it was a tremendous episode to cap off an amazing amazing arc so i really liked where they went with fives in this um yeah i i don't i don't know not a lot of specific things i can point to just overall i thought it was a really a really great episode why did you put it at a at eight what what caused you to put it kind of in the middle of the pack there you know i i think you connected with the top fives arc a little bit more than i did um, and it's not that I didn't connect. It's just like it, it has sort of with me like a what I call the Empire Strikes Back problem, which is why the Empire Strikes Back is in the middle of my ranking of Star Wars movies. It's not that I hate it. It's that I like other things better. Yeah. Um. It's 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 not that I hate any of the 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 tough stuff. And personally, for me, Orders is a little bit like, you know, it's one of those things where Orders is one of those episodes. I feel like a little bit like the Lawless, um, where. I know it's technically good, like, like, like I know it's it's crafted in a way that's very genius and very well constructed. It's a hard one to watch, though. It is a hard one to in, watch in a way that Fugitive, the episode before it, isn't. Yeah, and that's I why think, I like Fugitive. I like a little bit better. I think maybe rewatching it this time, I think I was just more able to lean into the tragedy and the difficulty of this episode and for me that's part of what made it compelling so i think that may be yeah, yeah. kind of the difference of how we yeah. for me it was actually kind experience. of the opposite like i i had um i uh I'd, i've watched this a few times and you know it's always a very technically good episode but it's just like you know seeing fives get so close and seeing palpatine 
really mess up those things and seeing yeah, the drugging yeah. at the seeing the drugging at the beginning of the episode is always a hard thing for me to watch That's and seeing him at 79's the clone bar and like yeah, there's so many things in the episode I'm like you know I know it's technically good I just can't watch it yeah. Um, because he gets so close. Just the um, that's part of what I love about that this episode is just the the fog of desperation and tragedy comes down so heavily on this episode. Yeah. And to me that's part of what makes it good. But I think yeah. obviously for you you prefer you prefer different episodes. I do. Um let's move on and let's talk about both of our favorite episodes which do and happen to be the same thing. And that's sacrifice. sacrifice, which I remember last time you said destiny was your favorite of the arc. Yeah, I think I, I changed. I switched you, my you, mind. You changed to sacrifice, and yeah. Although I, I could, I could easily be happy picking either of those yeah. as my favorite because for, they're both so for, for doggone me, good. Yeah, for me, sacrifice is my clear favorite. That does not reduce destiny's greatness, though. There are so many good things in destiny, but for me, the thing that really solidly, and I know I've talked at length about this in the last episode. But that talk with Yoda and Mace Windu and Obi-Wan at the end is perfect. In every single way, I love what they did with it. Um, that, you know, there, there's always a debriefing, like, at the end of each episode. You know, like, oh, what did we learn from this episode and all that kind of stuff. And it usually doesn't have that much substance to it. But this one said everything that it needed to. Not only a debrief for the episode, not only a debrief for the season, but a debrief... Essentially, for the six seasons before then, what did we learn? Not certain one can ever win a war I am. Through the bloodshed, already lost so much we have. Um, I mean, right there, that's just that's just beautiful. It, it's a completion of the arc that began in season one when Yoda said at the end of, and I always bring this up constantly, Lair of Grievous, when he said, um, uh, in this war, a danger there is of losing who we are. Um, you know, this is a completion of that Yoda realizing, yeah, I was wrong there. It, there's not a danger of that because it's already happened. Because that's already, because the thing I was warning against was happening and I didn't even notice it. Psyche and, you know, you know, when Rey is talking to Leia in The Last Jedi about Luke's death, she says it had a sense of peace and purpose. Which is always a, which is always something that resonated with me because that's how my I felt like my best, my favorite Star Wars things happen. Even if they have tragedy in them, they always have a sense of peace and purpose. Like you understand why they're there, even if they are tragic. You understand why they're there, and that's something that happens for me a lot with sacrifice and a lot with um, victory and death, and a lot with the ending shots of Revenge of the Sith, and a lot with. You know, the ending of Last Jedi or the ending of, you know, all that kind of stuff. You under, you get it. You you kind of, like, it makes sense. It clicks. Yeah. I really liked Sacrifice as well. Incredible episode. I think just thinking about it now, I think it just... I, I just appreciated it just the tiniest bit more than I did Destiny, even though they are both world, world-class episodes. Um, I really think just his, his, to me, the poignancy of his decision with Anakin and Sidious, um, it just pushed it over the edge to me. That was, there was so much in that moment. It was amazing. 
let's talk about your f- least favorite episode first. Um, let's talk about uh, The Disappeared Part 1. Like you said, bit of an Empire Strikes Back problem. Or for, for me, it wouldn't be The Empire Strikes yeah. Back because it's my favorite. Yeah. But um, yeah. si- similar sentiment, similar feeling for me here where it was good. Just all the episodes, I just enjoyed them more. It was a, it was a cool episode, you know. I like seeing Jar Jar get some redemption. Um, I liked I liked seeing Mace Windu start to come around a little bit. But these were all elements that I just think were more emphasized in season or in part two. Yeah, I agree. I like the second part better. Um, I still think the first part was very good though. Um, uh, anything else, or do you want me to talk about Rise of Clovis? Uh, yeah, I, I want to hear. I want to hear why Rise of Clovis was your uh, number thirteen. You know, there are just some things, and this is the only episode where I'm like, yeah, it's like it leans positive, but there are things that I'm like, really, did that have to happen? There's there's a bunch of things, and to, to give it a credit, this is the episode where where uh, Padme decides to split up with Anakin, which I believe is one of the best moves in the entire arc. But I just feel like there are some things like, you know, like, like there, that entire fight between Anakin and Clovis where they're like fist fighting and they're and, and Padme's like, no, no, stop. And Anakin's like, you don't get a say in this. I'm like, I, that wasn't like, I understand the ideas behind it, but the execution for me was simply just not there. Hmm. Yeah, uh, and there that's were, fair. That, there were a lot of things, and there were a few things in that episode where it was just like, I understand what you're going for, but how you say it is a little weird. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, but also, and I also said there's only so much pseudo-banking I can take um, in a Clone Wars arc. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of, I guess I enjoyed that aspect Yeah. more, more uh, than you did. No, I get that. Um, should we go on to best character or characters? Yeah. Best characters. Uh, you want to take this one first? Should I? Um, I'll take it first this time. All right. Uh, I felt an obligation, and I don't think this will surprise anybody, but I felt an obligation to give this to Yoda in this season. Just based on that last arc, based on all the transformation he goes to, based on the fact that I have two pop figures of him back here, <laughs> um, based on the fact that he's my favorite character and he gets one of the most genius arcs of the entire Clone Wars series, I gotta give it to my boy, the Grandmaster. Yeah, you know, as I like to do, I like to um, give out um, several nods to characters that I think are not necessarily central characters in the Clone Wars, but that kind of that kind of have their moments in the season. So first off, Fives. Obviously, this is his swan song. It is amazing. Fives, more than any other clone, I think, as a character, just poses so many questions and gets us as viewers thinking so much about what does it mean to be a clone, the morality of the Grand Army of the Republic, things like that which is something i really appreciate and over the years he's just built up uh, to me he's just built up as one of the most likable most endearing clones hell one of the most endearing characters in the clone wars period and i think that he just had 
while it was completely tragic, he did have kind of a perfect send-off, I think. Yeah. However tragic it ended up being. Secondly, Yoda, like you, want to give the nod to Yoda. It's not like we haven't seen any of Yoda before in the Clone Wars, but he is a little more of a peripheral character overall, I think. It's that we get to see the different side of him. We get to see him enjoying life a little bit. And most importantly, I think we get to see him, we get to see his views, his beliefs evolve. And we get to see a little bit of that bridge of where is he at? Where is he at in the Clone Wars versus where is he at in the Empire Strikes Back? Yeah. Thirdly, there, I was going to say last, just quickly, sorry. I do feel like Voices is a spiritual successor to Ambush in a lot of ways. Mm, yes, 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, lastly, Mace Windu. I really like that we saw a little bit of the good side of Mace Windu. I think he gets a lot of hate as a character. I don't think it's all deserved. Hmm. So it was nice just to get to see him in a, in a better light for once as a Mace Windu fan myself. Yeah, I, I understand that. Um, who is your least? I had a very, I had a lot of trouble with my least favorite. Um, there wasn't anybody who particularly annoyed me that much. My two options that I was like really shifting between were Rush Clovis and Nala Say. I think I might, because because here's the thing, they're both pretty pretty much assholes during the season. Clovis dies doing what he thinks is right, which makes me want to go with Say. But then I look at Say's actions to help Omega in the last episodes of the first season of The Bad Batch. And it makes me not so sure, but I'm going to give it to Nala Say because she's just so incredibly... She knows exactly what she's doing, and she knows exactly who she's betraying, uh, and she just goes along with it anyway, and she's, like, just a perfect symbol of corruption and, you know, bureaucracies and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm giving it to Nala Say. Yeah. Narrowly. I think I got to give it to... First off, I feel legally compelled to give it to Commander Fox for obvious reasons. He slipped <laughs> Namely, into my mind, but like, he then guns again, down fives. He yeah, guns down fives. Just That's the, just awful. I know, but the scene when, where they're standing in a circle with their helmets off around fives, that was the thing that made me give it, not want to give it to him. Yeah. Secondly, that is, a, that is maybe a little bit of an honorable mention. Because secondly, Shock T. I think Shock T's ignorance, willful ignorance in this arc is just... Okay, Eli has walked away. <laughs> Eli has stood up and walked away. Come back, man. You know I, I had AirPods really... in so I can still hear you. <laughs> I just really, really did not like... Did not like the way that she handled business. And it very... Obviously, it was done with intent. It's not like it was bad. But it was just very, very difficult to watch. Okay. I, I put more of the blame on Nala Say in that, in that scenario, but um, I can see where you're coming from. Um, coolest new thing you noticed from the rewatch. Go ahead. Mm. This was an interesting one for me. I think 
one thing I noticed, I paid a lot more attention to the pikes this time. Now that they're in live action, now that they've kind of gotten some more say in Solo, obviously in Book of Boba, I really appreciated their presence a little bit more this time. Secondly, on Yoda's journey, I know this is kind of in backwards order because I wasn't as familiar with these episodes when I was watching for all the times that I've watched Rebels, for all the times that I've watched the originals. But there were so many beautiful, beautiful parallels between Yoda's journey in these uh, in, the, in this season and Luke's journey, and especially between Yoda and Ezra that I just absolutely loved. Yeah. Um, no, there... There's some really great things that you notice on a rewatch. Frankly, mine was, I described it earlier, just how good it is. This rewatch made season six my favorite season of The Clone Wars. I never hated it. I always loved it. But, like, I usually talk about season seven or season four being the best. But, no, it's season six, in my opinion. Um, favorite planet. You want to take this one first? Uh, sure. Um... I think probably maybe a shocking pick for some, but maybe not. Uh, Bardana. Everything mm. we see at that planet, like, Moraband was cool. Not gonna lie. That was my second place. But Moraband is one of those things where, you know, we have Moraband or Korriband in so much other Star Wars content, and I'm glad it's got it, it got its due here. Do you know how many other pieces of Star Wars content Bardana's appeared in? Zero. This is the only appearance of Bardata, and I think it gives a really interesting impression. Um, and I'm kind of lumping the moon that we see at the end in with Bardata a little bit um, uh, because of its interesting marketplace and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, absolutely, the two c celestial bodies we see in the Disappeared arc. Okay, good choices. My picks... I think I had a tie between Obadiah and Korriban. I loved seeing Obadiah. I loved all the action that we got on Obadiah. That duel was just mind-blowing. Easily the best duel in the Clone Wars, in my opinion. And then, obviously, everything that happens on Korriban as well is just top-notch. You know what? Oh, shoot. I'm blanking on the name. What's the first planet that Yoda goes to? The origin of in his life. Quest. The origin of life. Or is there a name for that Dagobah? planet? Not Dagobah. The origin of life. I I'm not sure. I don't think there I don't think there is a name. I I don't mm. think like I think unlike Mortis. Let's see. I'm gonna look yeah. it up. It's okay. Throw in the origin of life there too, because because I can't remember if there if it has another he name. Goes to that in Destiny, the episode. Let me see. I'm, I I want to look it up just because I actually want to know. Um. The play, it's the planet in search of a, let's see, by type, by play, by locations. It's called the Wellspring of Life. Yeah, the Wellspring, okay, well, the Wellspring of Life. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's going to be in there, too. Just such a beautifully constructed planet. Visually, absolutely stunning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Now it's time to get to everyone's favorite part of Star Wars in the Galaxy. What you've brought me today is worth one quarter portion. So Jacob and I have two different one quarter portion segments to do. Jacob did a Star Wars opinion question. I'm going to introduce a possible new Star Wars one quarter portion segment that I want to see if you if if we like and we can do if we want to do. So go ahead with your first Star Wars opinion question. Okay. <clears throat> Eli, who do you think has the coolest armor in all of Star Wars? Um, I'll tell you someone it's not. It's not Ochi of Bestoon. Uh, that guy's armor covers up too much of his beautiful face. <laughs> um, I, uh, no, I actually really don't like that armor. Um, mostly because I got used to the original Ochi design. But anyway, it's hard. My immediate thoughts, you know, like go to like... You know, you think of the iconic armor in Star Wars. Um, I mean, this is probably recency bias, but I gotta say it. You know, Boba Fett, man. Hard to beat. It's it's hard it's hard to beat the the icon status of his armor, and you know the various nicks and dents and you know sort of things on that. Yeah, it's Boba Fett. What about you? I am going to have to go with the one, the only, Sabine Wren's armor. I think it's just the coolest. And we get like four different versions of it in Rebels as well. Yeah, What's not to love? That's great. <laughs> okay, so here's my new thing. So, Jacob, I was thinking the other day, you know, I'm thinking about maybe my favorite segment of one quarter portion, which is yeah. Six Degrees of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I love this. But no offense to the Book of Boba Fett, the Book of Boba Fett ruins Six Degrees of Star Wars. It is ruining Six because Degrees of Star Wars. Because <laughs> Cad Bane interacts with Boba Fett, who interacts with Mando, who interacts with Luke and Grogu, and like, you know, uh, it, it's getting a little too much. So I had an idea for an alteration of this game, which I call In a Roundabout Way. Okay. Okay. For example, here's an example of this, okay? Um, and of course, this, this, this requires a lot of jumping to conclusions and stuff like that, but it still is fun. Uh, so I would say to you, Darth Vader is responsible for Cad Bane's death. How is that so? Earth Vader is responsible for Cad Bane's death. Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, Darth Vader, he's kind of affected a lot of things. Darth Vader is responsible for Cad Bane's death because had Anakin... Can it be... An or is specifically Darth Vader? I'm specifically thinking of Darth Vader. I mean, you could do this any Darth number Vader. of ways, okay, but okay. Like, there's a specific way I'm thinking of. Gosh, what am I missing here? Um, this is all stuff that happens in. I'll tell you. I can tell you the content if that can if that'll help you. The yeah, content of this is Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and the Book of Boba Fett. That's it. 
had Darth Vader not put a bounty on Han Solo, Boba Fett probably would not have eventually fallen into the Sarlacc pit because he may not have been with Jabba at that time. He may not have stayed on Tatooine if he wasn't stranded there. And he may not have ever seen Cad Bane again. What were you Very thinking close. Of? Very close. I was extrapolating that it was not the bounty on Han Solo, but it was the carbonite freezing of Han Solo that allowed him to be blind and smack Boba Fett with the stick unintentionally mm. on Tatooine, which then, here's the part that I was thinking of, allowed him to to um uh to get his gaffy stick made by the Tuscans who rescued him, which then allowed him to defeat Cad Bane. Oh, and then here's the conclusion of the game. So in a roundabout way, you could say Darth Vader caused Cad Bane's death. That's why it's called in a roundabout way. I don't know. This was just something I was throwing around. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. We can we can talk about it. We can try and tweak it, but I think six yeah. degrees still might be a better option. Yeah, I was I was I was just thinking of something like that. Like, um, or here's another weird one. Okay, you know, in a roundabout way, the Bad Batch is responsible for the liberation of Lothal. I, I've got nothing for this one. <laughs> okay, this one's a really technical one, and I know this this could have happened without um, him and all that kind of stuff. Here we go. The Bad Batch rescued Gregor from Darrow at the end of season one. Uh, and so, so Gregor could be there for the liberation of Lothal mm. to meet Ezra and all that kind of stuff to liberate Lothal in season four of Star Wars Rebels. All right, fair. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I don't know. I just thought that Six Degrees, and I love Six Degrees, like, you know, uh, but, like, it was getting a little bit too easy. If it, um, But, I don't it was just an idea I was throwing around. Uh, we don't have to continue it. Um, but, anyway, that's going to be it for this episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Thank you so much for watching this episode. Let's talk about next week. Uh, I scoured the dark corners of the internet. No, I didn't. But, like, we'll pretend I did. Um, to find the unfinished Clone Wars episodes, A Death on Utapau, In Search of the Crystal, Crystal Crisis, and The Big Bang, which were unfinished episodes, not fully rendered, but with voice acting and animation and everything, of Season 7 of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Um, these are unfinished episodes. I sent them to Jacob. We have the files. We're going to watch them. We're going to talk about it. It's a four-episode arc. These episodes never made it to air. Um, I know generally what kind of happens, but I don't really know specifics. Jacob, do you know anything, or? I, I have absolutely nothing. So I'm going, we're going into this blind. So, so we're going into this, um, basically blind. Uh which is the first time we've done this since, like, Clone War Star Wars Clone Wars or maybe even Bounty Hunter. Um, so Jacob and I are going into this blind. Uh, when we talk, this is the this is the fun part of this show I'm, I'm so excited about. And Jacob, tell me if you agree with me or, or not or whatever. When we said watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on, we meant it. We meant literally all. We are going to try and, like, you know, like, like I want to do, like, the Droids animated series. I want to do, like, the holiday special. I want to do any piece of Star Wars content that was shot 
I want to do it. All right. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to be watching those and talking about that next week. Um, in the meantime, follow us on Twitter at In a Galaxy Pod, Instagram at Star Wars In a Galaxy. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, anywhere you listen to your podcasts, we will be there. Um, if we're not, you can email us at swinagalaxy at gmail.com. Follow me, my personal account on Twitter at ochifan327. Uh, and until next time, may the Force be with you. Always.